Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. We're taking a trip by Pullman today, but listen, before we go on this Pullman trip, you're gonna see the car we're traveling on from the inside out. Oh, and by the way, did I mention, we are traveling on the oldest Pullman sleeping car known to exist. Hey, come on along for an adventure. This is Trains Live on the Road. Trains Live, and we're on the road. I'm Bob Lettenberger, Associate Editor for Trains Magazine. A lot of folks, you think of railroading, you make contact with it in the big cities. But if we go back in history, the railroads really reached and crept out into every little little corner and crevice in our country. We're about uh, two miles west of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, headquarters for Kalmbach there in Waukesha. Um, we're in a little town called North Freedom. And listen, folks, you gotta get off the beaten path sometimes to find the really, really good stuff. And that's that's where we are today. We are at the Mid-Continent Railway Museum in North Freedom, Wisconsin. We're in their car shop right now, and I mean this is there's some very cool stuff going on here. I told you we were going on a on a Pullman trip. We gotta explain that for you. Come on, come on over this way. The car that we are gonna be talking about here today is the Duluth from the Duluth South Shore and Atlantic Railroad. And with the Mid-Continent Railway Museum, Bill Burmaster um, is with us, and he's gonna, gonna talk to us all about the car. But first thing, Bill, we gotta, we gotta clear up one thing. Okay. We're, not, we're, not, we're not talking Pullman here, right? Everyone thinks sleeping car in Pullman, but this, this rolls history back even a little further, yes? That's correct, Bob. Um, this car was actually built by the Barney Smith Car Company of Dayton, Ohio, and it was built in 1902 for the uh, DSS&A Railroad. Okay, and this is, as far as anybody can tell, the oldest original configuration intact sleeping car in the country. Yeah, for, sta for a standard gauge car, that is correct, yes. Okay, all right. So, folks, you're looking at an incredible piece of history, and um, once we go inside, man, you're just going to be amazed. But I think on the outside here first, um, Bill, we've got a wood wood construction car, and kind of explain what people are seeing um, on the side of the car here. Oh, by all means, yes. Yeah, so, again, this is all wood construction. The base, just like a foundation in a home, is really the side sill. This is a large member that's probably on the order of about five inches thick by about eight inches high. And that's really the, the starting point for the side sills. So you have vertical members that are going in through there and the diagonal bracing as well. So with all the way it's constructed, it makes for a very rigid and strong construction. And when you're talking about a car similar to this that's 70 feet long, it's able to 
stand the test of time to still be a very extremely strong and straight car as a result of the way it was constructed. And then the, the card siding goes over the top, and that's what most folks are, are actually used to seeing. That's correct. And the other thing that's kind of of interest is if you go back to the framing, you can still see some residue from the glue. So the siding um, was glued on to here. And so again, that bonds everything together and makes it extremely strong. It's kind of the same uh, thinking in terms of how plywood gets made, where you have multiple layers with grain going in different directions, and that's how you get the strength. The other thing that I, I love about the old cars, okay, so you mentioned the side still, that big wooden member on each side, um, you know, and like later sleeping cars or even freight cars that had the, you know, the big uh, fish belly sill right down the middle, that big massive piece of uh, steel down there, this car still has the truss rods on the side that are kind of helping support everything. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. That's a critical component to, to the retaining the structural integrity of the cars, the truss rods. Now, before we go inside, I think the other thing that we, we probably should look at, and I see a couple of photographs here, and I know we've got some more we'll look at when we get inside the car. Um, the car has only been here at the Mid-Continent Railway Museum, you said, since 2016, correct? That's right. It arrived in uh, September of 2016 is when it came onto the property. And prior to that, like you're seeing in the center photo there, it was actually up on the shores of Lake Superior, and it was somebody's summer cabin? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Um, it was summer cabin. The, the, uh, it was the Julio family purchased the car off the uh, railroad in 1934 and set it on that site and was used it for years and years with family get-togethers and things. Um, it was a beautiful location on, on uh, Lake Superior. And um, fortunately, they took very good care of the car, keeping the weather out of the car and uh, in such a manner so that it's still around so that we can do a full restoration of the car. But there was no, there was no as you said, iron work underneath. The, the truss rods were gone. The, the trucks were gone. All it was, yes. yeah, everything. Yes. So this, is, this has been a restoration, or is a restoration still in progress, basically from the ground up. And I understand the car actually right now is to the point where uh, you, you have tested moving it and it's, it's roadworthy? Most definitely. Yeah, it is, it is roadworthy. It's, it's been out on the line. And um, so it's, it's in very good condition and, and we'll be ready to hit the line again once the restoration <laughs> is complete. We're going to head inside now. So we are inside the Duluth here at Mid-Continent Railway Museum in their shop, a car that is being restored, the, the oldest sleeping car intact here in the United States. Um, Bill Burmaster with me from Mid-Continent. We are um, in the stateroom on this particular sleeper. It's a 10-1 sleeper, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. So 10, 10 sections, one stateroom. If you really had the jing, this... This is where you stayed. Now, the thing that we want to start noticing in here, this car, the woodwork, the upholstery, the stained glass is, is absolutely fantastic. And Bill, I think the first thing is, how the heck could this, this survive for literally over 100 years? Well, it was uh, certainly the railroad did their part for the first 30 years. But uh, since then, the car survived in private hands actually uses summer cottage and fortunately the homeowners seem to have real respect for what the car was and didn't really do any do much to uh, 
alter it or deface it. And including, you know, we've got original green plush upholstery in here. We've got stained glass that's still original and intact. The, um, the mahogany, the fine mahogany throughout the car, as well as the uh, marquetry and inlay. It's, it's truly amazing um, how much of the original components are still inside this car. Okay, so let's let's start to look at some of these these details. First, this the plush upholstery. I mean, you you run your hand over this. It's it's like a it's a velveteen almost, and the pattern down here in the the cloth on the seat. This is, and I mean, it's it's textured. It is it, multiple layers of just. I mean. Uh, how do you describe it? Wonderful to sit on. <laughs> yeah, it truly was. And the other thing about it is since um, mohair is a, is a wool product and it's extremely durable and it's truly amazing to me that after being off the road for all these years, that is, is as, as intact as it is here. It's, it's really, uh, it's amazing that it's around and it's, we're extremely thankful that it is. Okay, so now anybody who's traveled on Amtrak today, you know that the, the walls are going to be, uh, I don't know, you know, a laminate or a melmane or who knows what, and, and it's going to be a single color and utilitarian to say the least. But you look at this and you look and there is the, the marquetry, the inlay, the little patterns that, that I'm pointing out here. This This is not paint. That's actually wood that has been laid in there. Yeah, that's, that's correct. It's, it's extremely thin, and that's all was done by hand. I mean, this wasn't machines or anything else. This was all done by hand. So lots, there were a tremendous amount of people involved in building a car like this back in the time. And then you look up, and uh, for Jenny, this might be a little hard to get a shot, but there, we've mentioned that there is um, stained glass in the car. And I, I want to stand up, and I want to point this one out. This is an interior wall. You're up at the ceiling, and there is even a stained glass window tucked in up at the top of this compartment. And it just, you know, one of those. It was, it was a, it was a different time. It was a different class of of travel. Yeah, it certainly was. But um, as beautiful as all this is, this was the norm. This wasn't anything that was viewed as being extraordinary. This car operated across the Upper Peninsula of Michigan with, you know, minimal population. And, and so this was a standard car that, that Barney and Smith was building for railroads at the, for this era. Incredible. I, I'm, I'm going to guess fine dining on board, no just simple bags of peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, for sure. Yeah. All right. So what you're seeing here is is kind of intact, um, the way the car looked. Um, Jenny is probably going to hop up the little ladder here in a minute and into the upper berth and take a take a snooze for a note. And she's going to stick with us here. Right? Um, so this is intact. This is uh, this is just beautiful. Let's move into the the sections, the berths here on the car and. You're going to see kind of the work in progress. Um, it is, it's a different scene, but again, it is amazing what you're going to see behind the scenes, if you will. So we've gone from that stateroom. We are in now um, what would be the sections, the berths in the car, kind of that standard sleeping car arrangement. And there was, there was 10 sections, right? 
Correct, yes. Yeah. So 10 sections, and within each section you had an upper berth, as we saw in the stateroom, and then the lower berths were in these seats down here. And so you would have a, the equivalent of a coach seat by day, and then the porters would make it into a, a lower berth at night. So within this section here, you would actually sleep up to 20 people in here on okay. a given night. Okay. Now, a couple things to start looking at as, as we are, are looking around here. From we, we saw the car's structure from the outside. Now we can look um, on the inside here, and you can see with the wall opened up, uh, kind of what it looked like there, um, you know, lumber framing it out. Um, you start to see the wiring go through there. And I understand the car is also getting rewired. Yeah, we're rewiring it. And what you're looking at here are is the wiring for the berth lamps. So within each um, section, um, there would be a berth lamp that is mounted with a switch for um, people to be using one on this side and one on this side. So that was your source of light, and you could be either using that during the day or when you're in the berth at, at night. Okay. Let's scoot down to the one of the next sections here. And I know, Bill, as we were walking through the car before, something you had mentioned, the, the frames here that actually hold the berths in place. Um, you have had to replicate a number of them and kind of walk us through the process. It, it, what you were describing, there was a pretty long involved uh, task to get those to come out right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is actually a structural member for the car and for the berths. And it is let into the wall, if you will, or set in, it's built into the wall. So you were talking about the framing earlier. There's framing on either side with a gap in here. These pieces had to be custom made and fit so that they slide in there, and that really lock, locks them in. And um, these pieces are made out of yellow pine based on the originals that we still had in the car. We were missing um, eight of the 10 sections had been removed by the homeowners. But the other thing, if we can, we'll go over on the other side over here. Okay. And I can show you the beginnings of some of the work you were talking about, Bob, where in addition to the structural member, there was also this overlay piece that has to go on. And this is a mock-up of the new pieces that we'll be making. The others had inlay in here, and that's what our new ones will look like as well. But this is kind of a mock-up. And so the berths fit in between these. And by day, the berth is up here, and at night, it hinges down and is down in the horizontal position. So how much, in, in relation to structure on the car, how, how much is this adding to the structure? What is it actually doing uh, as far as the structure is concerned? Well, when I said structural, it, the, really the intent was, was the fact that it's bearing the weight of the upper berth and the individual that's in there. <laughs> so... So there's hinges that are holding the berth in place that would get mounted here. So you've got that dead weight that's going down, as well as um, there's a chain and pulley system that is also holding the extreme outer edge of the front face of the berth. So all that is, is supported off of this member here. Okay, so you're going to make the extra heavy-duty one for when I come to stay, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, or we may give you a lower berth. <laughs> okay, I'm stuck on a lower level. Now, as we walk through the car, something that absolutely struck me and just blew me away. 
there's the the little mirror, the little vanity mirror between the uh, each wood between each of the couches, and the carved woodwork in the top here. I'm going to imagine that is probably hand carved. Individually hand carved, yes. So no two are are exactly alike, but look at the the detail, the the little leaves, the 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 scroll. I mean, this is and and to have it still intact, um, hundred plus years later, just phenomenal. Yeah, they're they're truly uh, a thing of beauty, and um, and no fun to strip the varnish and shellac off of either. <laughs> by the way. The other thing that I'll, I'll mention to you that uh, caught your interest earlier, Bob, is, mm -hmm. is the fact that we've got the enunciator buttons in system. So this would be where the button would go for someone in the lower berth to be calling the porter. And uh, so we're running new wires for that. So that, again, will be activated. And you can also see the f example of some of the fine marquetry there as well. And you just look at it in the, the detail and the fits and how close you don't see any large gaps or voids or it's, it's you know, that kind of work today is being done with a laser. Yeah. And it was yeah. being done with knives, you know, back in the time when the car was being built. There was a group of skilled craftsmen. You know, you you run your hand over this and you you cannot discern from the frame of the mirror onto the marquetry and back to the others. It is, it is that smooth, just phenomenal. Yeah, and in addition to that um, enunciator button for the lower berth, there was also in the upper berth, there was provision, the button's missing at this point, but that would have been where anybody sleeping in the upper berth, if they wanted to call the porter to be getting down off of their berth or needed an additional pillow or blanket, that's where they would uh, be calling the uh, porter from. You know, and, and I think the thing for folks to understand, you had mentioned earlier, a car like this in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, this was the standard for travel. And, you know, you mentioned, hey, call the porter, get the extra blanket, get the glass of water, get the assistance you need. Um, if you're watching, I want you to think of the last time you traveled and the assistance you got along the way. Um, you know, today this would be luxury travel. But to think that this was this is the way that we traveled. This is how we we moved in this country. Uh, let, let's roll back time here a little bit if we if we can. Um, shifting and looking up, um, clear story windows up there, and those would have been stained glassed as well. Right, those were stained glass arched windows, one entire window with um, stained glass in there. And in addition, uh, for ventilation purposes, those windows would open. So if you think about heat rising, you want to you wanna get the hot air out. So you had provisions to be able to open those windows up. There were screens on the outside to keep the cinders from coming inside the car. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so you could move a tremendous amount of air through the car to make it as comfortable as possible. But again, given that it was in upper Michigan, they spent most of their time and effort trying to keep warm. And, uh, 
that's where that's where you need the steam heat in the car. Sure, keep warm and keep the keep the big mosquitoes out from up there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and as as Jenny was was showing us the the clear story up there again, more of that inlay, that marquetry, um, and some some incredibly delicate patterns. Just um, you know, and Bill, you got point them out for us up there. I mean, just yeah, this this is an incredible piece. It, it's three dimensional. It, it's turning. You know, it's not only an arc, but it's also um, moving closer into the car here. So these pieces are absolutely insane in terms of the complexity and the the care that was taken in order to make make those pieces. And um, again, we're fortunate that all those are intact, and we're going to be able to have those for for the car once it's uh, completely restored. You know, I think that's that's something else too. The the craftsmanship. When you think about those. You know, you had mentioned today that would all be produced on a laser with a, you know, a computer uh, aiding the design work, um, you know, and we're talking about people who would sit down with small hand tools, with small saws, uh, with with chisels, with, you know, very delicate sanding paper and, and glue to put those together. And you, you kind of wonder, do those those people exist anymore today? <laughs> Well, fortunately, in our case, we were able to find somebody in uh, Zealand, Michigan, that can reproduce and has assisted us with all the marquetry work that we've had to uh, replicate within within the car. So, fortunately, there's not a lot of it, but when we've needed, he's been able to assist us. So, uh, it certainly can be done, but it, it comes at a cost. <laughs> okay. Um, my favorite thing when I go into a car like this that's being restored... I gotta ask, what is the what's the what's the craziest thing that has happened, or what's the craziest thing that you have found uh, in the car as you have been working through it? Well, I don't know. You you might have stumped me there, Bob. I don't. I I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it's um, just put it. Just drawing a blank on that one. I didn't. Um, Hey, put it this way. If the project, if a remodel project or restoration, if it goes smooth, that's that's crazy enough as it is. So well, all I can tell you is, is that, you know, there's plenty of challenges with the car um, and we can work through most of them. But uh, the upholstery work, the carpeting, the roller shades, that's really where the, the time, effort and challenges are coming in for us. Okay. Um, let me do this. We're going to, we're going to walk down to the end of the car. Um, there was a gentleman who's got a model to show us. Well, we've been in the Duluth talking with Bill Burmaster about the car and the amazing woodwork and everything that's going on. But now we've shrunk a bit down to HO scale. Um, you are looking at an exact HO scale model of the Duluth and the builder Randy Mearsdorf is is right here folks now first off you got to tell me how many hours close to a thousand at least okay and this this is as I mean if we put this thing in the microwave and blew it up we'd have the Duluth yes it would work we spent probably a lot of time under the car, next to the car, inside the car, measuring things in the car, probably more than we should have. But the idea was that we wanted to try to get as close as we could get. So Okay. Why? I mean, I, I can understand, hey, I want to do this, but 
Why did you tackle something like this? So what's unusual about this is normally you don't get to look at the, like if you're building a model, you don't get this close of a look at the prototype. You're looking at pictures, you're looking at drawings, you don't actually get to see or touch what you're trying to model. So what was interesting for me is instead of having to guess at something, you can actually just go to the car and in most cases figure out what it's supposed to be. Incredible. Um, can we look inside? Sure. All right, now he's gonna, gonna lift the lid off here, folks, and just prepare to be amazed. Um, and flip the lid over first, because when we, in the real car, there's kerosene lanterns that'll eventually go um, on the ceiling in the sections, and you see those um, in place there. Uh, I mean, to, to detail. In fact, I'm going to guess if we zoom in, probably the, the ironwork is even proper on these things, right? <laughs> oh yeah, take a look. You can look at the bottom, look at the top, look wherever you want. I can flip the car upside down if you want. We'll get there in a minute. But if you look inside, remember we were talking about all the woodwork and the stained glass and the marquetry and, and those that those rich stained surfaces, just, I mean, phenomenal. And if you look at the car, okay, so we're, we're in the mid, we're in the birth section here. And of course, we had come in through past that one uh, stateroom down here. And if we go all the way to the other end of the car, we still have the men's uh, smoking lounge, uh, which is, is being worked on yet. Number of walls and whatnot need, need, to, need to be put in place there. Okay, let's, should we look at the bottom? So we're gonna we're gonna flip the car over, and if you remember back at the the beginning here when we started with uh, Bill on the outside, uh, we talked about the truss rods and the fact that uh, the body was was basically a a wood platform, if you will, that the car was built on, um, and then just I mean detail, 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 detail. So Randy, besides doing the car here, has the model? in any way impacted the the restoration or, or vice versa? I think it has because a lot of questions that I had, we weren't able to answer right away. And so we dug around in the car to come up with the, with the answer. So for example, the spacing of the windows, the outside of the car has been altered in the way that the screens were arranged and it wasn't the way it, when it was built. So we actually came inside the car to measure the window spacing to figure out where the screens went because the screen boards had been changed. The other thing that was interesting is there's boxes. If you notice, there's boxes under the car. And we first thought they were toolboxes. Like, well, that makes no sense. Why do you need a toolbox in a passenger car? And you're not going to put pillows under there because it's all dusty and dirty. So the more we went looking, we found some holes in the floor. And Bill says, wait a minute. He said, that's where the, the steam heat pipes are. So what those boxes are, we think they're insulating boxes to help keep the heat from the, some of the heater exchange things inside the car. The other thing that was interesting is if you look, there's a little box next to the big boxes and we couldn't figure out what the heck it was. So Bill was looking at a picture, he goes, that's a coal box. So this thing was up in the north end of you know, Michigan where it was cold. I guess the car sat on a siding, right? We, they dropped it off at one time, the train came back later and picked it up. Sure. You had to keep the car warm in the meantime. So we're, our theory is that that's an extra coal box so that they could keep the car warm while they're waiting to get picked up by the train. But these are all things we didn't know until we started looking at the model and then looked at the car. And so now when we do the, the model or the, the car, we can use that information to do it. The thing Bill doesn't like that I found out by accident is he thought he could reuse all the doors on the car. And so I started looking at the pictures. It's like, oh, wait, the door's got pieces of glass this big on them. And the windows, you know, the doors, we got to have a little window. So now he's got to do four new doors. 
<laughs> so look, whether you're modeling one to one or one to eighty-seven, both both sides of the fence yeah, really can be same questions. Yeah, so exactly. All right. Hey, before we go today, we got to stop over at Mr. Bob's railroad bookcase as usual, Bill. You can become a mic stand for a moment here. Hey, two um, two books on the book stand here today. Um, it's a it's a two volume set. So this is a biggie. Um, the American Railroad Passenger Car, John H. White Jr. Folks, um, this takes you through passenger cars here in the U.S. Um, the development, you know, it looks inside of cars like this. Uh, you'll get some history about uh, safety appliances, when things were put on cars, um, thoughts behind people like Pullman, Barney and Smith, Wagner. Uh, a great set of books, probably the most authoritative set of books on the American passenger car you're going to find these you can still find these with a reputable book dealer you can find them online there are some new copies floating around in a few places yet as we always say though make friends with your librarian you're going to be able to uh, pick those up at the library museums i'll bet you the mid-continent library probably's got a set of these in there but the American Railroad Passenger Car by John White. There's our bookshelf entry for today if you want to do some further research on passenger cars. All right. Well, I guess my last question, Bill, how uh, how long before the car is done? Well, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, if, if Randy spent a, a thousand man hours on an HO size and we multiply that by 87, <laughs> uh, that's a big number. But um, seriously, um, this is a volunteer effort. This volunteers are core to what we're doing here at Midcontinent with restoring our historic wooden cars. This is probably in the five to eight years ahead of us kind of time frame. Again, it comes down to people and man hours and dollars. Okay, folks, couple of things. No matter what your skills, if you want to volunteer and be part of a project like this, Midcontinent Railroad Museum has got something that you can do. Check on their website, but Hey, you know, you're in California or New York and you're not going to make it here to Wisconsin. It's a great vacation. Come on out anyway. But, you know, look for the Railroad Museum in your neighborhood. They could probably use some help as well. Bill, real deal. This this is phenomenal. You guys have got uh, not only a heck of an operation, but, man, this this is just incredible. So thanks for being with us. Randy, come over here. Get, get, get don't hide in the corner here. Beautiful model. I mean, just a spectacular piece of modeling work. And to see the interplay between 1 to 1 and 1 to 87, good, good stuff. You guys are doing fantastic. So, hey, KalmbachHobbyStore.com, KalmbachHobbyStore.com, all your hobby needs, the latest books from Kalmbach Media, puzzles. You need a puzzle? Man, we got some new, but listen. There's puzzles on KalmbachHobbyStore.com that I can't even put together, okay? That means they got to be good. So check that out. Um, more adventures down the road uh, later on. We're going to hit a few more museums, take and find some more of those unusual stories. Um, want to see you on Trains.com. Bill, I need you to be a mic stand again for just a moment. Want to see you on Trains.com. And, of course, I'm going to be looking for you behind an issue of Trains Magazine. You like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com Unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute. Not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com. 
the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.